This is John Fraser, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Quite the magic the FA Cup tends to promise, but we had Cambridge for that sort of fun. Our game wasn't the best nor our sharpest performance. Nonetheless, we go into the fourth round and head into Reading this Tuesday night with a win under our belt. And I have to say also, a very nice to have the Ashton Gate movie finally over after nearly five years without a win there. With me to discuss the ins and outs and shake it all about are Stato, Wigo and yours truly, J-Mac. This is the Fulham Focus Podcast. So I've written here that in the script, it says, so first of all, lads, we've drawn question mark and it's not Southampton and Man City. Is this another boring draw for you lot? And, you know, we watched the, we watched the draw and it's fucking Man City again. Yeah. I can't believe it. Did you, you just knew it was going to happen, didn't you? Just as soon as she saw, did she talk, she talk double drop the ball and as soon as it was Man City in the first one, you just knew it was going to be us again. I can't believe it. <laughs> It, yeah, it's it's almost like a curse at this point, and it kind of kills the fun of the FA Cup. I mean, I wasn't too fussed about it this season due to the fixture backlog and you know the fact that we have to focus on the league and we have to focus on trying to get promotion. But you know, after beating Bristol, it's like oh, we're in the next round. Give me a bit of fun to see where we get, and then you just get City at the Etihad, and it's like, well, it was fun while it lasted, and um, well, yeah, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Tim Ream like get another red card and ruin his career again. That was like when WhatsApp went into meltdown and I just said, he's finished with us, he's absolutely finished. And obviously he's not, we love him. What are, you, what are your thoughts on this, Wigger? Do you reckon you might try and go to this? You're, you said you were quite looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, at first I wanted us to try and get one of the small teams away, you know, like Cambridge or Boreham Wood or Brentford, you know, proper small team. <laughs> um, nice. But... You know, as you say, it was obviously going to be City, wasn't it? You just knew it was going to happen. And um, yeah, I mean, if I can, I would definitely go just for the day out. You know, Man- I've been to Manchester recently. It's a nice place. And yet he had a nice ground. I think the last time I went was when Steve Malbrank scored the winner in the last minute um, to get us our first and only away win of the season, I think. So I think I'm due a visit there and hopefully it'll be for a win. Maybe I'll come with you. Maybe I'll come with you. I'll be interested to see how seriously we take that game because we forgot a congestion pile up as it is of games but nonetheless it's Man City I don't think I've ever screamed no so loudly in my house when it came when number 16 came out but never mind never mind it's still it might be on the TV anyway so we'll see let's um let's have your general thoughts lads it's good to be back was that game magical for you I'll go to you first Stato what are your general over thoughts for Bristol um, City well I mean good to be back absolutely I mean it's we haven't had a game since Sheffield United and that was a terrible game and it was just good to see Fulham playing football again and actually having something to look forward to on the weekend the second part of the question then magical um not I wouldn't not not quite magical um it wasn't a classic game it wasn't one to remember I think yeah. the offset of us not playing for so long has meant that you know there's a there, 
was a bit of rustiness. There was a lot of players who haven't played in a long time anyway in that team, which you know didn't contribute to us putting in a stellar performance. But you know, at the end of the day, we, we got the result, and I think you know this is actually quite important in the grand scheme of things, in the sense that you know before this we had what five or six games without a win, and yes, yeah. it went to extra time. So some football purists may say that oh, we still haven't won a game in ninety minutes, but it doesn't matter. We've actually got a win. We got a win on the board, and hopefully that can kind of kickstart our season a bit, and hopefully start a bit of a winning run going. Yeah, the ninety-minute thing, like you just piss off with that it's still a win and it's just good to you know break break that bad run of form that we had going on or dull run of form what were your thoughts Wigo, on the lineup when it came out there's a few surprises in there weren't there well one main one um yeah I mean Keena has sort of risen back hasn't he you know I've, I've been wondering where he's gone for the last few months but uh fair play to him he got the chance it, I think it was the right thing to do to um play a sort of bit of a weaker squad but you know getting uh, some of the first teamers involved to get some fitness into their legs was always handy, um, especially with quite a packed fixture schedule coming up. You know, we've got Reading away on Tuesday and it's going to be a tough game. So it's better to give them some minutes in the legs um, rather than going into the Reading game without any games, any match fitness since the 20th of December. So, yeah, I was expecting it. Um, right decision as well, I think, to change a goalkeeper. Uh, give Gaza a go, and he played really well. To be fair to him, so yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah, I, think... I thought it was fine as well. Go on, go on, sir. So I was going to say, I think the Keener, you know, inclusion was quite a surprise one, given the reports we've seen that his loan was set to be terminated and he was, he was going to return to Watford. For him to then be in the starting eleven, does that mean that Silver actually just want to keep him around? And he's putting him in the team to prove that actually I want to keep him in the squad, or is this uh, is this a case of? We're going to start you, Keena, just because you know you're going to. We're going to. Your loan's going to be terminated anyway. We're going to start you, maybe make you look good for a different club or something. I don't know. It's just a bit of a weird one to start, considering he, you know, that loan is meant to be terminated, but maybe it won't now. It, it might be that. It might be also that we just, you know, we didn't want to start Cabano, and on the left hand side of, you know, forward side, we don't actually have maybe Cavallero isn't quite ready yet. So you just got you. Maybe it's somewhere to look in the transfer market. I mean, speaking of the transfer market, I don't know if what your thoughts on this are, Wigger, but Mawson wasn't even on the bench. Do you think he would be for this sort of game? Do you think that sends signals to you that he might be going to Birmingham as, you know, assumed? Um, potentially. I mean, he is fourth choice, I suppose, isn't he, behind Netos yeah. and Reem and Hector. And then I suppose if Congolo ever decides that he wants to not be injured, he might uh, be in the frame for a game as well. So then you've got Mawson, who's probably on quite a bit of uh, money per week. You know, you want to maybe cut the wage bill down a bit and, you know, move him on and get, get in someone that's going to play and someone that's going to be fighting for a place in the team. Mawson's not exactly had the uh, best of spells with the club since he's come in. Um, how much should we pay? 20 million, something like that. And he spent yeah. most of it in the treatment room. You know, the bloke couldn't even do his laces up on his boots without getting injured. Um, he just needs but, a new club, a new start, doesn't yeah, he? I just, just move him on. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. I've met him. He was a really nice guy. But as a player, it's just not worked out for him. But for him. Am I right in thinking that his contract does expire at the end of this month? Yeah, because that's the, the rumour that he might be going to Birmingham for a free. Yeah. End yeah. of the season. So, you know, yeah, end of the season, not month. Um, so whatever happens you know between now and the end of the season 
he won't be a Fulham player this time next season because let's be honest, we're not going to renew his contract. We're not going to give him a contract extension. You know, yeah. sometimes uh, you know, it just doesn't work out between a player and a club, and it hasn't here. And you know, that's not. You know, not we don't want to be mean to Morrison. He's been within. It just hasn't worked out for him, and it's just one of those things, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Let's. I mean, we'll talk about the game because not much really. You know, nothing. We didn't actually have a goal until extra time. We'll sort of talk about the players and how they performed. I mean, the first half was quite easy to see, like you said at the beginning, start that we haven't played for a while and. and do you think that's fair to say that it was actually due to the lack of game time or do you think we struggle with some of the players? I mean, where would you say our best chances came from this game? Which player do you think stood out? I think it was a combination of a bit of both. Obviously, we haven't played in such a long time that we'll be a bit rusty coming out of the blocks and that kind of happened. Um, Bristol were attacking us right from the start and we were under the cosh a bit. And at the same time, we were playing a lot of fringe players or players that were coming back from injury. You know, like I said, Eno played, who hasn't played since I think Blackpool, we were playing Chalabo, who just came back from an injury, Francois, who hasn't played in ages. So, you know, obviously, we will never be this usual fluid film that we've seen so much this season. And, you know, you saw that in, in, we saw that in terms of the chance creation. And, and, you know, there wasn't really much going on. We had Fab uh, in the middle trying to create something, but it was a bit blunt, I think. Because yeah. with the other attackers, like Muniz, he's still quite a raw young striker and he's still trying to get to this league in this country. And, you know, he was struggling a bit as well, I thought. And I think I'd say our brightest sparks were coming down the down the wings and Keener too is, you know, he, he's had a bit of a rough time here already, but he was actually not terrible, which is kind of the mm-hmm. biggest compliment I can play at the moment. And if there was a chance, if we were going to get anything or any go in that first half, it would have been down that left side with Kina and Joe Bryan linking up and putting those crosses in. But other than that, it was all, yeah, there wasn't there wasn't much going on at all. Yeah, there's just a bit of, I mean, the Fabio Carvalho, Carvalho thing, we'll see what happens this month for sure about where he's going to end up. But I felt like he's really gone off the boil now. I don't know if he just, we believed his own hype or he believed his own hype too much at the start of the season or the honeymoon phase is over. But it just but there is a real lack of sort of presence in that midfield for me, especially with the lineup that we had. I mean, Tyrese Francois as well, who's also rejected the contract. How do you think he played Bigger? I thought uh, it, not many good reviews on his performance from all around the sort of Fulham fan sphere. Um, I thought he looked off the pace, to be honest. Uh, mm. Yeah, he looked pretty out of sorts. Um, I do feel sorry for him because the lad's definitely got the potential. He is a good player, but it just wasn't happening for him yesterday. Um, you know, you can't just pick on him because it, you could say the same for a few players. But if we're going to talk about Francois' performance, then, yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't his finest. But um, you get games like that as a player. You take the crap games, the good ones. You learn from the bad ones that make you a better player. And I do think he will go far in his career. but. Um, this one certainly isn't one to remember. I think yeah. for me, we had Francois and Chalabar in midfield and Chalabar as a 27-year-old professional, probably at the peak of his form, who in who has played in the championship, is very experienced. Having him next to Francois, the, the difference in quality was quite stark um, to Francois's yes. detriment, unfortunately. Coming back from injury, he put on a really good, accomplished performance. I think of what you'd like to see from a typical centre midfielder. And yeah, 
Tyree's he's, he's he's a young kid and you know that he's got a lot there'll probably be a lot of opportunities coming his way in the future be it with Fulham or a loan club somewhere but you know yesterday he did look a bit off the pace and you know kind of shows if anything for him I'd, I'd look at that performance and look at how Chala performed and you know kind of look to see how far he's got to work to go and how much he's got to work towards and yeah it's still quite some way I think yeah, but I mean, we're not we're not here to write off his career at all. We're just saying, you know, how how he played this game. We're just being very present about it. We know that he's got a bright future. So it's for God's sake, don't think we're just, you know, just dishing shit on Francois. But like, I've got to say, the people that did play well for people, I would say that Hector did a very decent job. And I'll go straight back to you, this stutter, because you were sort of hoping to see Hector in this role and alongside Tosin. How do you how do you rate his work in this game? And is it something you'd like to see more of in the league? Yeah, so the comment I said in the chat was, um, you know, I would like to see the Tosin and Hector partnership continue. And that's true to saying, but the main thing, actually, I think from that is how Michael Hector performs when he comes into this Fulham team. Obviously, he was out of the team for a long played last year in the Premier League, and he's had sporadic um, appearances so far this season. But when he does make those sporadic appearances... He hasn't put a foot wrong, really, and that was the case again yesterday. He, he came, he's come back, he's coming to the team. He's playing on the left side of defence, which he hasn't really done. Otherwise, he's normally on that right side. But he was on the left, still putting a very accomplished performance. He's still fantastic job, and I think the unfortunate thing for him is that he is the third choice moment behind Tosin and Reem, and Tosin and Reem, yeah, I wouldn't say that they've warranted being dropped yet. They you know, they're both putting good performances, they're both but Hector is banging on that door and, you know, I think if he wasn't to start against Reading or any games coming up in January, I think that'd be a quite harsh on him because he just he just doesn't put a foot wrong. Especially at this level. Yeah, um I've got to agree with their stutter. I've always rated Hector and I've said it many times, um, that he come in that season when uh, we went behind closed doors, obviously he couldn't play for the first half of the season. So to come in second half and, in my opinion, completely changed our season and was probably one of the main reasons we got promoted. He was unlucky last year. He didn't get his chance, really. He had a couple of games and I think it was fair to say he didn't look quite up to the standards of the Premier League. So, yeah, uh, like, just hold on. Actually, I'm glad you're saying this, just, just to go into Hector a bit more. So what would hmm. you say is actually... The problem here with Hector, why why did suddenly we just lose? I've completely forgotten. Why did we just suddenly fall out of touch with him? Was it because he was just dropped by Scott Parker and then we just never saw him again until the championship and we already had Tosin by that point? I'm just trying I, to think actually what we've missed here. Yeah, um, we obviously went into the Premier League and he's and the manager started the same team that won the playoff final. Pretty much, I think it was pretty much the same team, if not the same. And then we went into the Leeds game the next week. I think it was Leeds and we lost 4-3. And Hector made a couple of errors. And this was a point where we were kind of scrambling for centre-backs and the transfer window was closing in the first week of October. And, it, right. you know, I think Anderson was like our fourth-choice centre-back that we wanted to sign. But we got him anyway and he was brilliant. But Hector just ended up dropping down. Unfortunately, those performances just killed his chances. In the same when we played Brentford yeah. in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, he lost the confidence and unfortunately never really knocked on the door again. But we know he's got the quality. However, in my opinion, he sits in that unfortunate gap where he is probably too good for the championship. 
but he's not good enough for the Premier League. There is unfortunately a gulf there, which is only getting bigger um, in terms of club size and finances, but players as well, there are some that unfortunately would sit in that gap. I, know, I think uh, I'll sign him and uh, he'll do a Dan Burn or something. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I, I, just, I agree a lot with what Wiggles was saying. I was going to say a lot of that, but you know, I think he was a tad unfortunate in the Prem because you know we signed Anderson and Tosin and then they created quite a good, quite quickly, and it was you know yeah we got relegated. And it was a rubbish season overall, but it was quite good. Um, I say good very lightly there, of course, and, and it kind of meant he didn't get a look in at all, but. You know, I then think back to the times he did kind of have to make an appearances against um, Newcastle, for example, when um, Anderson got sent off. He did okay there. He did okay in the other appearances he made. And, you know, maybe it was a case that he didn't get a fair chance in the Premier League. And, you know, or maybe it's the case that he's not quite Premier League worthy. But, you know, one thing for sure is that, you know, at this level, he is a very good defender. And, it's kind of good to have that competition with him, Telsey and Reem kind of battling for those centre-back spots. It keeps them on their toes. It doesn't mean, it means they don't get complacent. And, you know, he's always a good dependable option to call upon, you know, if something were to happen to either of those two. Well, hopefully he's rewarded. I actually would like to see him play for Reading, potentially, not alongside Tosin. Uh, we'll, we'll come to that, though. We'll come to that. Let's quickly... Bristol, I mean... What... What would you say? Were they doing anything in particular? I mean, with listening about the faults of our squad, was they doing anything in particular to you, Stanislav, that was sort of, you know, keeping us at bay? I mean, they seemed to set the pace of the game pretty well, didn't they? Yeah, so one one thing that's almost been an Achilles heel for us this year is the whole, a team that plays three, they're back against us. We tend to struggle uh, under this Marco Silva setup. Yeah. And obviously Bristol, did they beat us earlier this year? I think they... Did or was it a draw or something? No, I can't it was quite a, remember. Boring or one one, one one exactly. And, four and... players offside for that goal. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I remember now. Yes, and we should have had a blatant penalty or something like that. Yes, I remember now. Um, but I remember, I remember during that game, it's like, oh, we're getting torn apart by three at the back, and it's happened repeatedly this season. And again, when they came out of the blocks and they, we were a bit under the cush for this game. It's like, oh, here we go again. Like these are just gonna whipping those crosses and we're going to be yeah it's going to be a tough tough game for us and that was the case for a bit but other than that Gazaniga had to make a few good saves here and there a few easy claims it didn't offer that much now I don't think at any point I was under the impression that you know we might concede goals here we might be in trouble I think we handled it quite well despite the fact we weren't playing brilliantly ourselves Mm, so I think you know it wasn't anything to be that afraid of Fair enough. I I think, yeah, I mean, just didn't, they, they set the pace and, you know, they you see them trying to be up for it and come at us, but they just, there was just nothing really there and we just struggled a bit with our team. And I know we've said who wasn't performing well. I think Bobby Reid had a fairly good game. There was a, a, a few efforts from him. Obviously, they didn't go in, but like, you know, there, there was a, a bit of a spark there as well. Now, let's just move on to actually when things started getting interesting. So an extra time seemed to be, you know, this is where we actually started to see the Fulham that we know, and we started. We used our five subs from the 70th minute, and we brought on Harrison Reed, Cabano, Harry Wilson, Tom Kenny, and Mitch Fitch. So, we the five sub thing is brilliant, isn't it? So, yeah, I mean, what did you notice improving from that moment? We go, uh, well, the quality was there for all to see. Um, Harrison Reed, I feel like definitely changed the game, in my opinion. He sort of brought a bit yeah. of composure and experience, um, to the center of midfield. Obviously, Chalaba, we do know he's got it. 
Reed has played a lot this season, whereas uh, unfortunately Chalabar has kind of been on the bench quite a lot, you know, and he's been injured as well. Um, so Reed definitely helped us change the game. We seemed very calm on the ball. Um, we weren't trying to rush it, but we weren't being too slow either. We still gave the ball away a few times. You know, we were rusty, as we've said earlier. But we've got that unbelievable quality uh, that changed changed the game. And yeah, it, to have it at our disposal is uh, very handy because, you know, I don't think Bristol City quite have the same thing. Yeah, definitely. I think, although it may sound weird that we have a really big, we have a hectic January schedule coming up and we had to play extra time. In a weird way, it was kind of a good, it allowed these first teamers to actually get some minutes and get some match fitness back under their belts, you know, rather than Mitro just playing 20 minutes or Wilson getting a five minute cameo, they actually got, got a good half an hour, 40 minutes in, which, you know, is only a good thing because, you know, it's, it's 40 minutes, it's not that daunting on them and it puts them in a good set of coming up for all the games we have coming up. I think that it was very clear when players like Harry Wilson came on and Kenny came on that that kind of changed the game for us. And before it was a game that we were looking to get them on the counter and a lot of the game was in our half and we took the game to them and that difference was quite clear. What I thought was also quite good to see was a Chalaber-Reed midfield partnership. It's something we haven't really seen yet this season and Seri is away at AFCON this might be something we might see a bit more of this month and it was quite good to see how sure. they would work together and I think you know that could be a potentially quite a good midfield screen we could have setting up going forward in, in this midfield for us Yeah and I think extra time maybe have been a blessing in disguise for us just to get our first team squad playing some more minutes under their belt before Reading as well just you know it's been a long time out so hopefully that works in our favour I mean now we come on to the goal um we go. He did he mean to do this, Harry Wilson? <laughs> it's just like, we uh, <laughs> should we just pretend? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a cracking goal. Great effort. No, it was. I, I don't think it was. Uh, don't think it was intentional. It was, you know, not really much pace on it. It didn't look that tricky either, but somehow it found its way through, and um, I was kind of quite surprised when I saw that. But um, that's what we needed. We needed that bit of luck, really, because it didn't look like we were going to properly break through um I thought it felt oh, like it was going to be another penalties, didn't it? yeah it definitely did so that bit of luck you know you could say bit of quality as well um has won us the game so fantastic and you know Wilson come on as a sub managed to get yeah. the goal big player and that's a big moment really well he, that, I was going to say this he is a big player it's quite easy to forget I think because he's he can seem quite streaky but it's quite easy to forget actually how important Harry Wilson is for games like this. He can just suddenly pull a rabbit out of a hat out of nothing. And I think recently he's been either very hot or very cold. And just because of that, it's just you don't know when it's when he's really going to show up. But I mean, he's been... Hopefully this is the start of something for the second half of the season. What do you say, Stata? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, seeing Wilson come in and hit form like that is a really good thing to see big issue at the moment is that our attack isn't really clicking and you know for so long we've had Wilson Cavalli when I was our front three behind Mitro and it was worked to an extent but it's kind of getting to that point now where I don't want to say cracks are starting to show but you know some players are coming coming out of form a bit it happens throughout the season you know, unless you're Messi or Ronaldo it's impossible to stay in form for a whole season and Wilson you know 
if he comes back in, into into form, that's great. He came on. He looked. He looked. He didn't look great. I've got to admit, and he hasn't looked great in recent weeks. So you know, you mentioned earlier the left mid spot could be a cause for concern, and Cavallio hasn't looked that moment. So it's critically important, yeah. I think, for players like Wilson to be hitting form at time other players necessarily aren't. Mm, definitely. All right. Well, look, let's move on to Reading really quickly before we wrap this up. We've got to talk about actually what momentum this can give us. Um, so I think it's time for a bit of revenge here, lads, isn't it? I mean, I've been waiting for this ever since they beat us at the cottage and I was just so, uh, you know, I was just nodding his head, like licking his lips at me right now. It's just like, I'm... I was just so pissed off for the last time we faced these guys and they were just smashing grab from them and I'm hoping we can give them the same sort of reaction. I just, it's a good time to play them, would you say, Wigo? Or do you think they're still suffering from injuries, COVID, you know, bullshit excuses? What do you think? Well, we should have had them a couple of weeks ago and they decided to call it off because apparently they had over 28 players out with COVID and injuries, which uh, sounds like a load of bollocks. But... um you know, I think they're still going to have players recovering. And we were talking about this just as we um, come on about their teams, I think, ageing, really. But they've got the experience. You know, Andy Carroll, what a brilliant option to have at the Championship. Because if you just put something on his head, he's usually going to knock it on. And that is how they got a goal against Derby uh, in the Championship the other week. Yeah, But it's it's going to be a tough game. It always is against Reading. Last time I was at the Majeski or whatever it's called now, was uh, when we lost 1-0, and I hated it. So I'm really hoping for some revenge, and I'm really looking forward to going on Tuesday night. It's hopefully going to yeah. be a cracker. You're getting there quite early, actually. You say night, you're getting there at about 2 or 3 p.m., aren't you? Yeah, I'm meeting Matt, and um, we're going to have some drinks, and then, yeah, head down and book a half day off. Of course, it's full and away. You know, you've got to go. Yeah, mate. No, I'll be there. I'll be, there well. I'll be there <laughs> I'll be driving, uh, but I'll it, definitely... It is. Be there. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, um, I love how you call him Matt then. It's just like Frenchie has two different sort of uh, alter alter egos going on there. But anyway, let's talk about uh, Stata. I mean, how do you see the game going from them? Like, I mean, what is their formation? And like, what, a player that, what are their players that you sort of got your eye on? You're the stats guy. Yeah, I, I am the stats guy. Um, not recently, admittedly, but hey, hey. Um, I'm here now. So, you know, Reading, they always feel like a bit of a bogey team, but they're not really a bogey team, you know. Things like the playoff semi-final defeat, when they got called off because of the non-existent fog, obviously losing this year. It, yeah. They're just an annoying, niggly team that we're playing at the moment. And it's, yeah, it's, I really desperately want to beat them, to be honest. And I think we've got them on quite a good time. You know, they haven't won a game in... Well, they haven't won a league game since November. And since they beat us back in uh, September, they've only won four games since then. And they've had the points deduction since then. They went on a four-game losing streak throughout October and November. Um, in the lead-up to this game, they've drawn two and lost two. So, you know, they're not in a good run of form. And then, obviously, <laughs> dumped out of the cup by Kidderminster Harriers. Um so, Excellent. you know, Excellent. if ever there was a good time to play a team, it would be now, I'd imagine, because they're probably low on confidence. They probably still have COVID concerns. They've still got long-term injuries to players like Lucas Zhao, although he might be back, but I don't think he is. And, yeah, yeah they're, they're just in a bit of a bad place at the moment, and I have no sympathy for them there. So um, I'm just hoping we can... <laughs> Yeah, I'm hoping we can just do one over. And this is, I think this is an ideal league game for us to try and get back into form after what has been quite, you know, a, a poor form 
a poor run of form for us at the moment in the league. This is the perfect opportunity for us to bounce back, I think. Yeah, is Ovi Ajaria still injured? Because I remember you were saying that he uh, like he had quite a good game I against think us. He yeah, he had a, he had a good game. He's a good little player. Um, he, last time he played was in was in their defeat to Sheffield United in the on the twenty third of November. I I've been through all the Reading fan group pages, everything to see if he's back fit. It's unclear. All it says is him and Lucas Shaw will be back in January, but it's not clear when and. I have a feeling the game on Tuesday might be a bit too soon for them. They might be on the bench or something, but I don't think they'll be starting, which is a good thing for us, which means they'll be playing alternative attacking players like, as we mentioned, Bell, who cannot be underestimated, especially at the level of the championship. It'll be quite a good battle for players in defence for us that day, especially with the long balls that are coming up. Uh, Junior Hoyler, again, another experienced championship player. He's been, good. he's been good this season for them. Yeah, yeah, he's been, he's been good. Three, three goals, you know, it doesn't sound good, but for a team battling relegation in the bottom, that's OK. Um, they have, you know, the key big player at the moment is obviously John Swift. He's a very good little player. Um, he's their top scorer, eight goals, nine assists so far this year from midfield. He'll be the one to keep an eye on. And then there's also uh, a player, Alan Halley, who was this Barcelona wonder kid, I remember a few years ago. Um, Barca signed him, they, were the, they, they thought it was going to be the next big thing. And now he's rocked up here to Reading and, you know, he could still have a few tricks up his sleeve, I think. Mm. Are you? Have you got any idea, Wigo, of like any player you can maybe... I mean, you mentioned Andy Carroll, and I just sort of can already see Andy Carroll scoring a goal against us. He's that sort of player that can upset for them. Do you know what I mean? Just some old relic from the Premier League. What are your thoughts on like any players that you sort of think could cause us some damage in this game, if any at all? Well, uh, I know Reading are, you know, they've got some good players and they've got a really good youth system as well and good young players. Um, so and that's where I think the likes of Holmes and McIntyre have come from is through their academy. And if you look at their team yesterday, they had some young players playing. Okay, they lost at Kidderminster. Right. But um, yeah, their their academy is really, really good. So they might end up relying on some academy players. I don't know. As I say, I don't know the massive extent of their COVID situation. But one guy I do like is on loan from Watford, Tom Bashiru. He's a good player. Um, I think he's got a bit of pace about him. Um, and I'm saying that as well because I was at Reading on Football Manager and he did absolute bits for me. So that is right. my full scouting knowledge of him. <laughs> no, no, this is this is what the Fulham Focus podcast is about, man. This is good. This is good. It doesn't get good. more legit uh, than that. I mean, uh, on, on the flip side, on the flip side of their kind of youth team, they've got some absolute relics at their club. We mentioned Andy Carroll, but they've got Danny Drinkwater in their ranks in midfield, the 31-year-old who, you know, the, the Leicester won the league for them, who then since that league win, uh, the just one that gone got like, away downwards. From us. Downwards. Do you remember? Wasn't it? Was was it Danny Drinkwater and Victor Moses at the time? Yeah, I just remember me on WhatsApp just going crazy. Guys, we got to sign Victor Moses, Danny Drinkwater, Randy Aries worked with them. We're going to survive if we do. This. Yeah. Do like, <laughs> <I do laughs> you not change Moses, your team. Danny Drinkwater? I was obsessed with us getting Danny Drinkwater. I was like, this is the answer, guys. We're going to stay up. It's going to be absolutely fine. And, um, oh, he's yeah, here he's we are. Since then, and then they've also yeah. got Scott Dan, who I think's probably been mentioned for Fulham a few times, especially when we've been in the Premier League, when it's been all about, oh, let's get an experienced Premier League centre back into so our defending. He's now thirty-four in the Championship with Reading. 
Um, is there any, they've got um, Michael Morrison got there as well. They've got Bubba Raman yeah, from Chelsea. That Chelsea left back. I think he's like 28 and he, ne- he, he they signed him from Schalke, I think, and he never really got a chance at Chelsea. Oh, and he's usually I was say, is, still, is he still alone? Yeah, he's on loan from Chelsea still. Like, he's not a he's, but he's usually gone abroad, so I don't think he's really played in this country. But I I always thought he was a decent player when I had seen him play. So it might be, I don't know how he's been this season. It's It's like... It's a championship squad, but it's a very bizarrely assembled championship squad full of ex former, well, quite recent Premier League rejects and some good youth players like, like you mentioned, um, Dwayne Holmes and, uh, you know, I don't want to say Ovia Joe because he came from Liverpool, but other players. I'm just looking through their squad list now of players who have contributed. They've got a, a forward called Jamari Clark. He's 18, two goals this year. Febby's attacking midfielder. So it's a weird mix of players that you'd expect it but yeah it's it's a cu- curious team I'd say very curious yeah you just ne- you never know what's going to happen with them but I, I I like to think well I like to think we'll actually win win it this time I, re- I really need to I really I really need to see it happen because their fans their fans are just a weird bunch I don't know how like they're sort of like they're, they're sort of like, I swear they're all like 12 years old or something. They just, I, I swear they're not even, they just go and support Chelsea when, they're, when the Reading games aren't on, I swear. Anyway, I digress. Let's talk about what you think the lineups would be. Is there anything, go that you'd take from Bristol that you'd put into this game? Like, we've already talked about maybe Hector. Is there anything else that you might like to see? Um, I'd probably leave Brian at left back, as we all know. I'm a, a big Brian fan and definitely not a critic of Anthony Robinson. Um, no, I, I I do prefer Joe Bryan. I just think that's how it is. Um, other than that, probably the usual. It'll be interesting to see how we do line up in centre mid. Obviously, now that uh, Seri's gone, you know, do we go with Chalaba or do we put Kearney in? Uh, I think it's probably between those two. I can't unfortunately see Francois getting anywhere near the uh, team in the league. Um, and then the usual front three, uh, three behind Mitrovic of Cabano, Carvalho. And Wilson. However, I do think Bobby Reid should be in with a shout of replacing Carvalho. Um, just because, as you say, Carvalho has dropped off a bit. But then again, the whole team have. So mm. you can't mm. massively put it on him. But I used to like when when Carvalho was injured, we'd have Bobby Reid and Wilson and they'd interchange quite a lot and swap positions. And it, that was when we were going through our real purple patch. So I wouldn't be opposed to seeing that again. Now we're in sort of a new year, uh, new spell, you know, give Carvalho a bit of a break because I do feel like we kind of burden him with a lot of pressure sometimes, you know, can't rely on a 19-year-old to carry you to victory all the time. And I do feel like it did get to that stage at some point this season. Um, Interesting. I think... Looking at the team yesterday, it was a lot of fringe players, and I think Silva would have wanted to see these fringe players stake a claim for them starting and getting in, getting into that starting eleven team. And you know, if we start at the back, Gazaniga, he had an okay game. Still looked a bit dodgy with those crosses, and he still he still looked a bit unsure with what he was doing at times. Um, but overall, he had a good game, got man of the match, of course. But I still don't think he did enough to replace Rodak, unfortunately, for him. Um, Rodak, I think, is you know, just a solid keeper and he'll keep his place. At the right-back position, Odoi 
typical joy performance, you know, typical six out of ten, but I'd still prefer to see Tess there. We've Wiggo's mentioned the left backs, centre mid. Chalabar, I think, has staked a claim to kind of break into this team. He's been out injured. I think before he was close to getting into the starting level anyway, then injury happened. And he's come back into this team now. He's put in a good performance, and I'd like to see a bit more of him to see what he can offer. And then we do get to that front three conundrum. And for me, I think two out, well, Harry Wilson on the right, that's just a given at this point. I think he's the best player there. He stays there. And then you have that who plays in the middle, who plays out on the left. And I think Carvalho stays. I think he didn't wasn't terrible yesterday. I think if he's surrounding with players like Wilson and Mitro, he will flourish and he will start to hit get that form again. So I think he stays. And that brings us to that left wing spot. And Cabano, he hasn't impressed me much in recent weeks, and he didn't impress when he came on yesterday. I think I think he's kind of starting to show the limitations of what he's capable of and that every good championship player, but that's that's about it. And, you know, he had a great couple run going and assisting and doing all sorts of things. It was great to see. And he hasn't done that recently. And then I think there's other options there. And then you look at the options that are there. Uh, Cavalero, I think he's still injured. Otherwise, I'd imagine he's injured. Otherwise, he would have featured yesterday. Knockout just doesn't exist anymore. He's not in for me, unfortunately. You look at Keener. He wasn't terrible yesterday. And, you know, if if he's in a team with Wilson, Carvalho and Mitro, maybe something could happen. Uh, you know, maybe we could see a, 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 a quinescence, I want to say. Um, yeah, uh, I'll buy that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, maybe, <laughs> yeah, we could see a resurgence for him. But, you know, who knows? But I think for me, the obvious choice has to be Decodobo Reed and I don't know how often we've seen a Decodobo Reed, Carvalho, Wilson front three this year. I don't know if we've seen it enough to be honest, because I think the three of them, they could all interchange in that front three. You know, any one of those three could play in the middle, any one of those three could play out on the left and the right. It's something I'd like to see a bit more of, and I think that is probably our strongest front three going forward, and it's something I'd like to see a lot more of. Right. Well that sounds that sounds like we've pretty much got the gist of what we'd like to see starting like that. And I'll just go to the score prediction, and I'll go to you first, Wigger. I mean, we've got to win this now, surely. This is the time to to really change the season around because, I mean, we're third, we've got games in hand, but as I'm explaining to my mates who don't support Fulham or have a team in the championship, it's quite hard to, they see, you know, they're armchair fans, they sort of look at, they look at where Fulham are and say, oh, what happened to you lot? And I have to explain, no, 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 we've still got games in hand, don't worry, but it's the question of winning them now and it's just, hopefully we're much better at, it's just, you know, if we lose this, it's going to get really fucking scary. But hopefully we will. We should. We're the best team in the division, surely. I mean, what is your score prediction and your general feelings of what I just said, mate? Um, well, I do agree. We need to buck our ideas up because we have been shit. And I don't think that is being dramatic at all because if we played well, we'd have won one of the five games that we didn't win in. So, um, you know, we really need to start bucking our ideas up, especially if you look at Blackburn now and how good they are. And Bournemouth, unfortunately, don't look like they're going to slow down, despite the fact they had the bad run of form. It mm. just wasn't worse than ours, you know? So it is what it is. But I'm going to go with 2-0 tomorrow. Um, and to piss Matt Dom off, I'd love to say that Knockart will score both if he plays. Oh, mate, that'd be great. But if You're not, Mitch will score both. Yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, what about you, Stato? Yeah, so like we've all just said, we're meant to be we're meant to have a team that has one that we're meant to be 
I suppose the, the best team in the league. And we haven't shown that in the last five games. Since that 4-1 at Barnsley, we haven't put in one of those big dominating performances that we're used to seeing so far this season. And that's because we haven't played in three, four weeks, obviously. But also the games before that were just not great. You know, four draws and a loss. It's time for us to get back to form now. It's time for us to get back to winning ways in a convincing manner. So I'm going to go for like a big 3-0 win. And it's time for Mitrovic to start scoring again. I mean, he hasn't scored since that looting game in that one all draw. People may say it's a goal drought. It's not a goal drought, but it's time for him to get those goals going again. And it's time for us to hit form again and really, you know, get back on target to where we should be going. Yeah, and other strikers are actually quite close to him now, which is even yeah. even weirder. You know, we were all sort of like, which was going to smash it. And then the Chilean wonder kid that is Berriton Diaz comes along and starts making us all, you know, question it. But I think he'll be all right. I think he'll be all right. I'm going to go for 4-1, and I think we'll concede to a header from the mountain that is Andy Carroll. That's my prediction. But all right, very good. All right, lads. Well, look, thank you very much for being with me for this. It's nice to actually talk about a game. And <laughs> first one after Christmas and we will be back we'll be back with a reaction to Reading on Wednesday night or probably come on Thursday either way you'll see us soon stay safe and have a good week thank you